Hey there, welcome to episode four of Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. This week I'm joined by a familiar co-host for those of you who tune into the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. I'm joined by Dot Chris, who chose Batman Under the Red Hood. Now, if you've listened to past episodes or even heard me on the Bad Coyote Funky podcast, you know that this is one of my favorite DC adaptations. And because it's one of my favorite DC adaptations, we went a little bit over time. So I apologize for that. I hope you enjoy the extra 15 to 20 minutes of content that you get. Uh, Enough about that. Let's get right down to business, right? So Under the Hood, which is the comic book, was released from November 2005 to March 2006. is written by Judd Winnick and illustrated by Doug Mank. The movie, which is called Under the Red Hood, was released... July of 2010, directed by Brandon Vietti, and written by, well, Judd Winnick. He adapted his own writing. The movie stars Bruce Greenwood as Batman, John DiMaggio as the Joker, Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing, Jason Isaacs as Ra's al Ghul, Wade Williams as Black Mask, and of course, Jensen Ackles as the title character, The Red Hood. A fun fact about this movie, it is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with a 100% score and a 92% liked it from the audience. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the extra attention this episode gets since it does have the most issues that we've had to cover so far. So I'll just cue in the intro music and let's get into it. Batman Under the Red Hood. Hello, Chris. Oh, hey, Greg. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing so it's, it's so weird recording in the same room. I know. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show. You are so welcome. I can't even believe how welcome you are. <laughs> I'm the most welcome right now. <laughs> um, so, Chris, for those of you who are listening right now, you might be thinking, man, this voice sounds rude. The soothing dulcets of this voice. Oh, no. Might sound very familiar. Uh, why don't you tell the kind folks where they might have heard you before? Uh, well, you might have heard me hosting my own radio show on WKRQ. No, that's not no, true. That's, that's not. a 100% lie. <laughs> uh, you might have heard me from the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. Yeah. With this other guy that's also here. Oh, Casey. Oh, Casey's not here. Oh, awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, okay. Casey. He's already on an episode. <laughs> All you get is one. That's it. Yeah. Everyone gets one. <laughs> it's true. Um, that's like the, the fourth time we've referenced Marvel in a DC podcast. Not important. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, cool. So, uh, tell us what we read and watched today. So we read under the red hood or is it, is it under the hood or under the red hood? Is it under the red hood? Right? So the book is under the hood. Oh, awkward. Yeah. The movie is under the red hood. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and just, just from here on out, we're going to agree that it's under that, the red hood. That's what it is. Yep. It has to be. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to over the hood, mm. which is the sequel. Yeah. Nailed it. All right. Nailed it. Crushed it. First try. Cool. Definitely. There's <laughs> definitely no confusion about whether or not there's a color in there or not. So for those of you who don't know, the writer for the book and the movie is both Judd Winnick. Oh, yeah. he's double dipping there. He's double dipping there. That's not even fair. He's like, you know, I already did all I already the work. I did this. Why don't I just, I'm, I'm just going to do it again. His debut was in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, even know what that is. So 
you know the the hit MTV reality show, the Real World, the Real World. Yeah, he was on there. Oh, yep. 1994, sorry. So it was 1994, he was the real world in San Francisco. And that's where he met what would become his best friend, Pedro, nice. who was actually, he had died, he later dies from AIDS. Oh. And he wrote a graphic spoilers. novel. Spoilers, Pedro dies. Um, he wrote a graphic novel about his friendship with Pedro because Pedro was also, um, was also gay. Mm. So they had a person on real world with them that he was super homophobic. Awesome. It, and he was that's that good was, TV right there. Yeah, that was so put him you know, out. MTV on. knows what they're doing. Uh he won a an award for that yeah. book. So he did that and then he started jumping into DC quite a bit. Which is full really disclosure, cool. when you told me that he was in the real world, I thought that you were telling me that no, there no. was a comic called The Real World. Oh, and no, no, I was no. like, wait a minute, he's definitely not referring to that MTV thing. Oh, I am. He one hundred percent was. One hundred percent I am. Um how involved was he in Road Rules? Oh, I don't know. Probably not at all, because he actually got a career after Real world. Damn it. It's probably one of the few people that actually got a career <laughs> after a real world, I would imagine. But yeah, so he's like, he definitely knows what he's doing. He's been around comics for a while and he always kind of dips into DC is all I've ever really seen him do. Um, but the the artist on this is actually Doug, Doug Mank. And he's particularly interesting because he's the artist you get if you can't get the artist of the like the, the time of the flavor of so the he's the second string is what he's you're saying. second string but because he can adapt to almost any art style so like in this whole book if you ever look at like jim lee's art style you you're looking at this and you're like man i can't believe it's not jim lee and it's because that's what he does he's good he's a chameleon yeah, yeah. A chameleon if you will a little bit of a history lesson as well we're talking about this a little br- briefly um before this book takes place directly after the hush storyline so there's actually a lot of fallout from that hush um, that animated movie is coming later this year, which I'm very, very excited about. Oh, man. Although I'm not excited about the casting because it's not Bruce Greenwood doing Batman. Lame. But back to Jason O'Mara. Maybe I'll have to do that episode, too, because uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, how the end of this was really confusing to me. <laughs> um, and maybe that will bring me a little bit of closure. Maybe. Maybe. Probably maybe we'll not. See. We'll see. Um, so for those of you kind of tuning in for the first time, what we like to do here first is kind of go over the book um, and then we'll we'll go over. Yeah. Wait, I haven't told you why I picked this. Oh, though. yeah. All right. So, so tell me why did you pick this? Throw back way back in the day, you know, yeah. a couple of days ago when couple we just ago. did B- Bad Cody Funky. Yeah. Uh, we did our recording. So Greg always refers to this friggin' string all the time. On yes. his redhead. I love my it. favorite. It's so good. And he won't shut up about I it. I never do. And but. so when he said he's doing this, I was like, you know what? I should probably figure out what the shit he's been talking about this whole time. <laughs> so I, uh, I said, I will volunteer for Under the Red Hood, if only to give me an excuse to decipher what you've been talking about this entire time. A, a little bit of behind the scenes, too. Whenever I reached out to probably about 10 people so far for this show. Mm-hmm. No one. So you're the last one. You're the last on the 10 list. Wow. Thanks. But you're not the last episode. All right, thank God. So <laughs> every time someone picked something, you know, they would be like, oh, like this one or that one. No one picked Under the Red Hood. That's right. And my other favorite one is, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want anyone else to, to pick it because of that. <laughs> but no one has picked, uh, no one had picked up until like two weeks ago, any of my favorites. Oh. So when you were like, oh, Under the Red Hood, I was like, yes, finally. finally. That's right. It's so good. All right. So for those of you who our first time listeners maybe this is what we like to do we like to go through the comic and this is a lot of action so we'll kind of skim through them this is also two volumes worth of stuff dose dose volumes so we'll go through them um 
we'll we have a little surprise tucked in there, and then we'll talk about the animated movie. Cool. And we'll talk about casting and all that stuff, and we'll dive right in. It'll be a good time. It'll good be a good hour to an hour and a half, depending on length. All right. So when we first have under the red hood, the cover alone is actually really cool. We have Batman. So this is going to be uh, Batman issue 635, which came out in February of 2005. That is a 635, 635 for those of you who need uh, 635, 635. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have Batman fighting the classic Red Hood costume. So, all right, before we even get into this, yes, there is multiple Red Hoods. There's so many Red Hoods. So I thought there was only this one Red Hood. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the movie, and there was a flashback about another Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Who... And then there were newspaper clippings about multiple other Red Hoods. Yeah. Yeah. So what the hell? Where did I put that book? This one? No, not that one. Oh, Hold okay. On. Hold on. Too many books. Too many books. So I definitely was really confused, because um, when we watched Batman Ninja, and... There was this like really funky designed dude that I had no idea what was going on. It was basically like someone took a top hat and shoved it down to somebody's shoulders and it was red and he was running around but like hanging out with Nightwing and Robin as well. And I was like, who? And then he was like, oh, it's the Red Hood. And I was like, oh, okay. This is a really weird looking dude. And then I start reading this and it's basically, he's basically wearing like a Deadpool helmet. Yeah. Is what's going on. Yeah. So I was very confused when. There's multiple versions of this. So um, the first, I, I ran around looking for that comic, and I'm pretty sure I have it downloaded on my iPad anyways. Um, so there's a very popular series that's called Batman the Killing Joke, or a graphic novel. It's called Batman the Killing Joke. Gotcha. And it is uh, widely regarded as the kind of official, but not really, origin of the Joker. Ooh. So the Red Hood that you see in the movie later on and that's referenced on this cover is in fact the joker oh so the joker was the one of the first red hoods that the that batman faced and that was kind of how he fell into that vat of of acid and became the joker acid if you will yeah so right around right off the bat this cover is referencing that the joker is the red hood we are going to take this information for granted because I mean, it's been 14 years, over 14 years since this issue came out. Interesting. Yeah, but when I remember when this series first started, it was a big discussion of who was the Red Hood. Gotcha. And that's kind of why they actually will, you'll see as we go through, there's a lot of red herrings, no pun intended. (laughs) There's a lot of like Mr. X. There's just a lot of kind of who is it. And then at some point it clicks and then that's when things really kind of go over. So we start off on a on a classic Gotham City night rainy kind of overview. Yeah. Spoiler, Batman's fighting someone. And just like Chris had said, he's he's got like that Deadpool mask kind of, but without the expressive eyes. Yeah. If you've unlocked all of the skins for Spider-Man in the <laughs> PS4 game, he looks a lot like Last Stand Spider-Man without all the spider logos on it. He's got the motorcycle jacket. He's got this gray shirt, body armor thing, jeans, belt, boots, gloves, the whole deal. He looks like a biker who just decided to be a vigilante one day. It's pretty badass. If yeah, yeah, if you took like Batman's cape and cowl off, Mm -hmm. gave him a red helmet and then made him a biker. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And actually, um, later 
issues where he reappears and stuff like that. He he actually starts donning the bat. Actually, this T-shirt that I'm wearing right now is the Red Hood. How dare you? Yeah, you I you've been wearing that entire time, and I yep. didn't even notice. <laughs> I try to match my outfit for those because this is clearly an audio format. So I try to wear T-shirts <laughs> for what's matching what we're, what we're reading and watching. That's impressive. That's a lot of planning. It I is. barely wore put. I didn't even put shoes on. I'm wearing sandals <laughs> right now. So we have um, Batman, Red Hood, kind of fighting. Batman is talking to himself, trying to figure out like who this guy is, what's going on. We get a little taste for how badass Red Hood is in this, where his knife can cut Batman's cowl and his utility belt right off. One of the really funny things I like about this is a small little detail is we get a shot of Batman about to drop on Red Hood and you see the soles of his shoes and he's got little bat logos. Oh, he does. The soles of his shoes. Do you think he has to pay extra for Timberland to like to get those? <laughs> I mean, he has to pay extra extra for Timberland to get those and for them to not tell anyone. That's true. That's true. And that's why Timberland is a top a top top shelf shoes. Top boot and shoe company. That's true. They clearly value their customers' yep. privacy overall. So basically, they fight, yep. um, and then Red Hood drops his helmet, and then Batman goes, whoa, and that is a classic, we're going to set you up, and yep. then we're going to take it back, see what's going on. So then we go back five weeks earlier, and he's really thinking about a lot of different characters. You'll notice there's a blonde uh, blonde girl just like dead on, like, on a slab there. That is actually, her name is Stephanie Brown. She was the fourth Robin. Oh. So you have Dick, Jason, Tim, and then I think Stephanie. And then after that is Damien, who, who we've never met yet. So this is so, so this is Jason's before, the second Robin. Jason is the, the second Robin. So we've already gone through two more Robins. Yes. At this point. How well, many? Well, this is she would be number four. I she believe. would be the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. But she's already and she's dead. She's dead. So she, damn. she was... What happened to Tim? But he ended up... Or maybe she was Batgirl? No, maybe she was Batgirl. I don't remember who she was. She was. She ended up being Robin at some point, and then she turned into Batgirl later. But now I'm getting my timelines all mixed up. Yeah. Um, but essentially, she died in the duty. She was a, a character named Spoiler, who was um, the worst. She went to movies. She wouldn't shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she wore like a whole purple outfit that had like a purple hood over it and cape and it's kind of cool looking. She ended up being Tim's girlfriend for a little bit. Oh. She had a very um, spoiler. I love how it, the first picture is Chris Evans as Captain America. Love it. Spoiler. What? Dude, don't tell me the movie's not out yet. <laughs> this is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> this, this is the movie. worst joke we've ever ran with. So how many years after Jason Todd's death is this taking d- taking place so in real world time yes in real jason died in the 80s i want to say okay he's wow. been dead for a while so the whole what about batman time bat time i think they said like five years or something okay well so enough for him to be in his 20s and this, this is always like the thing with timelines and comic books it's all kind of weird you can kind of like guesstimate what it's supposed to be but like I always thought as Tim, like when I was reading, keeping up with DC Comics, Tim was always like 15, 16, 17. All right. Um, Jason, I always thought was in his like early 20s. Mm-hmm. And then Dick is in his like mid to late 20s. Gotcha. Ish. Wait, when you're Depending. saying when they were Robin or just. No, no, no. Just like up to this point. Up to this book. point. Up gotcha. to this point in the book. Okay, cool. When they were Robin, they're all roughly the same age. Awesome. And there was some weird like pre-crisis on infinite earth stuff where jason todd was a redhead and bruce made him dye his hair 
So like <laughs> it would be less obvious that that happened. I thought there weren't any mutants in DC universe. Yeah. It's funny. We have all this kind of the aftermath of the hush storyline kind of going on. It's just darkness. It's it's, it's really basically Batman just like being like all this shit has gone down. And this is why I really like the pre new 52 stuff is because it kept on building up and building up and there's new characters introduced and all of this. And it was just like not it's shitty. That is my favorite time in DC comics because it's not a good time for Batman. Um, He's really kind of thinking about just what he's going to do next and all this stuff that's going down. And there's always like a view of Jason Todd's Robin outfit, no matter what kind of where you are in the, in the Batcave. So you see like on this page, it's like the third or second panel. Yep. That you just kind of see it right there. It's just off to the side. So remember we'd like, we now know after the fact that Jason Todd is the red hood, but reading this, I'm gonna call you spoiler right now. Don the cow, my friend. <laughs> Um, but at, at this point, no one knew that. Got so they got a little foreshadowing going yep. on right there, right? Yep. So we see in the next page that Lucius Fox, a much younger looking Lucius Fox than what we're used to now in this day and age. That's true. Uh, comes up and says, hey, your uh, bat department essentially at Wayne Enterprises got bought out. Damn it. It was a hostile takeover. You know, because you were MIA, it happened. And now you don't own any of your bat equipment. Sucks. You're stuck with what you got. You're stuck with what you got. Um, which is actually kind of funny because the next page literally has like five or six cowls in a panel. <laughs> so I think he'll be all right. And he even says like, yeah, we still have all this stuff. I think we're good to go. The, ne- the next scene is one of my favorite scenes. We have this whole like mafioso kind of like thugs meeting, meeting of the minds showing up. And People really don't know who has uh, initiated this. It's pretty much the scene from Dark Knight where the Joker shows up. It is. Except there's there's rafters and it's not the Joker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The table gets shot up and then we get our first real kind of like, I don't want to call it a hero shot, but it kind of is a hero shot of the Red Hood looking down on everyone with an AK just like casually over his shoulder. It's very Schwarzenegger in Commando. Yeah look and at this point he's kind of like hey you guys are all going to work for me and they kind of go like why would we work for you and he's like well i'll give you a better deal and i'll protect you from uh black mask who's their current employer and batman and they're still kind of like i don't know and then he just drops a duffel bag full of heads and he's like also you don't have a choice (laughs) (laughs) so the funny thing is i was very confused when i was reading this first time yeah because I didn't realize that there was a character named Black Mask. So it was oh. like, we're going to protect you from Batman yeah. and Batman. <laughs> You're caught between two Black Masks. I was like, what the? And then That's, I figured it out a little bit yeah. later, you know, because I know how to read and whatnot. But um, yeah, that was great. But then, yeah, Gorefest mm-hmm. 2019 right now. Mm-hmm. All of the duffel bags full of heads. There's one, two, three, four heads that we can visibly see. Four heads. And it's, it's a, it's a pr- <laughs> forehead. Love it. Yeah, there's probably more in there because they're, you know, bobbing up there unless they're filled with blood. And then we see Executive Skeletor show up finally. Yes. The Black Mask. The Black Mask. He's very like, he's creepier looking in the book than he is in the movie. They definitely changed pace about like halfway through this, though. Like he did, like he's straight skull when you first see him. And then later it's more masky. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. So when you think of Black Mask, he's kind of, he's like, 
He's not even really a supervillain, I would say. He's just a mob boss with a Skeletor face. Like, he doesn't really do anything too super, too crazy, aside from take a beating. Um, he ends up going into a freezer to recruit Mr. Freeze. That's, I was not aware that Mr. Freeze actually lived in a freezer. I mean, you can't always be in your work clothes. I mean, you can if you want air, like air conditioning at all times. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad gig. That's like, if you lived right. in Florida, you would definitely just walk around yeah. in Mr. Freeze's suit. You'd be comfortable. But you got to imagine it's heavy. That's all right. And you got to, like, like just imagine you're you're wearing... Well, actually, we'll go with your glasses. You're wearing your glasses. When you take them off, it's got to be a little bit of a relief. Is it? Yeah, but then I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then he can't live. That's fine. All right. Yeah, okay. But then he has... So he lives in a freezer. And also, he he's a scientist. He likes to do science. I can't imagine he can do science well in his suit at all times. Yeah, he's got evil science, though. That's true. So he, he wants to recruit him for a job, and he has to be... We see him really tiptoeing a lot with his words around Mr. Freeze. Because yeah. Mr. Freeze, like... I never remember him being this way, but he's very like, I'm nobody's boss. I'm my own boss, and I do what I want, and I want to murder someone for the fun of it. And maybe it's just because I'm more used to the um, Bruce Tim version where he's just a tragic character where all he wants to do is bring his wife back. Yeah. But... There's a little bit, a little bit of a different taste in my mouth. For I was like, I shall do the evils because I like to do the evils in the cold. <laughs> Wait, you didn't say I could kill people. No, that's what Mr. Freeze sounds like in my head. Really? Yeah. I, I still have the um the Bruce Tim stuff where he just sounds like a robot, but he's not a robot. But he definitely <laughs> sounds like a robot. That's how Arnold got the job. So we we have more Bruce uh, or more Batman, I should say, brooding. So Oracle, a.k.a. Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. the first Batgirl, is no longer kind of in the picture. They can no longer really rely on her. And that's when we get our first sighting of Nightwing with a brace on his leg. So is Babs Gordon dead at this point or is she just paralyzed? And well, just, she was paralyzed before this. Right. I knew Par- that. Paralyzed actually from the killing joke. There's a lot of tie-ins to the killing joke, which is actually pretty funny, too, because they want you to think that the Red Hood is Joker a lot in this book. I also have never seen or read the killing joke. Oh, so that's a classic. This is, this is all news to me. Yeah. So uh, Babs Gordon yeah. was paralyzed. Yeah. By she the Joker. Was, yeah, by the Joker. Uh, so now she's the man in the chair. Yeah. Um, sorry. Woman <laughs> in the chair. Terrible, terrible choice of words. <laughs> However, the pre- proverbial man in the chair. Yeah. Rocking the computer. Yep. But the important thing is um, she was that. not doing this from the Batcave. Right. Yeah. Okay. She she was in a, like a tower. That was my confusion. Yes. Because like, why isn't she just still in the bat cave yeah okay yeah. she had a tower like in the middle of town essentially cool. that i think it was the one of the taller buildings it was like the avengers tower not that tall no okay. no no if you ever play the arkham series she's actually in it in uh, oh. arkham well she's in it a couple times but you get to go to her place in arkham knight dope cool so he's kind of brooding nightwing shows up he's got a brace on his leg as presumably as fallout from whatever happened in hush and mm-hmm. again it's been if this was 14 years that was 13 years ago yeah or 15 years ago so it's been a while since i read that but they kind of are going back and forth dick is just trying his best to cheer up bruce and it's never really works until it does work so like he starts he starts the conversation about the weather and bruce is just really kind of not having it and then they go off to you know, do their whole superheroing thing. And Dick has this line that I think is really funny. And he says, the warmth is overwhelming, referring to Bruce's cold shoulder that he's blatantly giving Dick. Oh, man. And then Bruce goes, unseasonably so. 
So the best part is that we're hearing Batman's inner monologue while this is going on. Yeah. And he's blatantly like, you know what? I miss this. Yeah. I I miss having a buddy around. But Batman being Batman, he's got to he's got to be stoic. He's got to be like, nope. Oh, yeah. Give me nothing. This is something that you always like lose in the animated stuff because they never really do that monologue. No. So you always just like have a different view of the character. We see Mr. Freeze getting a new suit. A lighter suit. So this might be a suit that he's always in at oh, this point. That's impressive. And at this point, like they kind of make uh, Mr. Freeze seem a lot like the Joker, where they have this scientist who's kind of like building him a new suit. And he's saying it's Mr. Freeze is complaining that it's too light. It's going to be flimsy, blah, blah, blah. And the doctor's like, well, this is real technology. Not like that stuff you're using. Back in my day. Yeah. And then when we find out later that Mr. Freeze kills that tech. And he's not not only killed that tech, but has killed other techs that have come before him. And Black Mask is okay just feeding him techs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Black Mask has like a complete disregard for the the life and well-being of his men. Of course. He, he's a skull. He's a skull. He doesn't care. <laughs> um, Cue Batman and Nightwing just taking out lackeys. Taking out lackeys. And this is, again, the part where Batman's just like, this is this is nice. This is kind of the good old days. You know what we never do anymore? You know what we never do? Kick henchmen together. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a nice Sunday. It's the, net, it's the Batman equivalent of Netflix and chill. <laughs> it is. It's just like, hmm. Let's go binge beat up some bad guys. Yeah. 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 They open up a crate and they see a whole bunch of old Batman villain paraphernalia, let's call it. Like way too many boomerangs. Yeah. A lot of boomerang. Well, Captain Boomerang. That would oh. be why. This is Captain Boomerang? Yeah. Didn't this you is... see Suicide Squad? Oh, I did. Jack see... Courtney? I kind of. He didn't really throw a lot of doubt on yeah. that movie. Mainly That's... because they only gave three characters backstories. So that yeah. was great. <laughs> but you have that. You have Joker bombs. You have, um, what Just is it? Penguin umbrellas. You have miscellaneous guns, belts, <laughs> bombs, toys, bombs. Still assembled. <laughs> that is not a safe. Like, FedEx Mm-mm. wouldn't ship that. Hold on, though. But the fuse is taped to the bomb itself. Okay, you're right. Maybe UPS ground is all over that one. <laughs> just to make sure it doesn't shake too much. Uh, Dick opens up a different crate, and there are bombs. Yep. Exploding everything. Boom. Which makes you really wonder, why would you store bombs next to bombs? I don't know, but I'm actually very excited that there's a picture of an explosion with the words boom <laughs> on there. Onomatopoeias are great. Damn right. They see Red Hood kind of off in the distance as the, the cause of this with a detonator in his hand. They go off and chase. This is the first continuity-wise time. This is because we were in a flashback before where Batman is encountering the Red Hood. So they're, they're chasing him, and he leads them right into a different warehouse. And there's a different crate. With a mezo inside. Who basically looks like the Green Goblin. He looks like the Green Goblin in this. Meets Bane. Well, he looks like a Super Jack Namor, is yeah. what I'll say. He's got, like, the elf ears. He's got... He's huge. He has, like, green tights and green cufflinks. Or... I don't even know what they would call them. Bracers. Bracers. Like, big green bracers. But they look like they're made out of shirt material. Yeah. Uh, none, of, none of what anyone wears in this looks, like, relatively protective. Except for no. Mr. Freeze. In Red Hood. He's got a giant red helmet on his head. Well, we don't know that. It looks like his... Oh, yeah. oh wait. Red Hood. Never mind. I thought yeah, I was thinking of Black Mask. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red, yeah. Hood, red Hood is appropriately... Yeah. Bicycled. <laughs> that was the end of that one. That was where the it's end just of that. like, oh, shit. We got to fight this Schwarzenegger, dude. Yeah. So the next issue, we have Black Mask again, and he's talking with Mr. Freeze. So he's like, you know, I don't work for you. And Black Mask is like, I never said you did. And, you know, there's a little thing going on. And he, uh, Black Mask is just like, honestly, Freeze, 
I don't see you as a work for hire kind of guy. So he's like really kind of like trying to manipulate him. But Mr. Freeze is just too smart. Very diplomatic. Yeah. And Mr. Freeze kind of sees right through it. He says, don't patronize me. And then one of not the British seemingly guy who's always fidgeting with his glasses, but this other random like. I don't know, bodyguard type or whatever. It's just like he yells at him. He goes, you know, he wasn't like being patronizing to you. He's being professional. And then he gets immediately freezed or frozen, which, of course, is a very unprofessional move. Very unprofessional move. But like Black Mask loves it. Of course he does. (laughs) It's like, I love it. I can work with this. This is great. Let's go on. Then we kind of move on to Amazo. So we get the we get the big Amazo fight. And this is something that gets relatively unchanged um, when we're talking about adapting it from one to the other. They go through. They're using all their toys. They're having a great time. You really kind of see the um, the difference between Batman and Nightwing in this, where Batman relies on his toys and his tricks in the shadows, and Dick really just relies on his mouth. Yeah, he just kind of <laughs> he just flips around and He's flip- talks shit the whole time. Yep. As a as a big distraction. And I think it was here, or maybe it's a little bit later, but we'll mention it now anyways, where Dick kind of comes to a realization where he's like, I think he just let me talk all that time. <laughs> like, I think he was just using me as a human distraction. That's true. Yeah. And Hey, yeah. look, a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong in it. Yeah, well, Amazo seems completely under uh, unfazed by the well, fact Amazo that... Well, Amazo is a robot, too. Uh, so yeah. he doesn't really have, like... So Amazo is a robot who's... Um, ability is he can absorb the abilities of the meta beings that he fight or he is is fighting or has fought in the past so what that means is that batman is the perfect foil to him because he doesn't have any powers to absorb um if if batman caught him right out of like being made yes absolutely but he's already but he would he would get his agility he would get um his some of his fighting moves and stuff like that that's weird but he like so this amazo had fought some of the justice league so this is an early prototype so they even kind of mention it in here where they're like, he has super strength because he's like punching through walls and yep. stuff like that. He can fly, but he doesn't have, he can also, you know, comic, comic book logic on this one. He can, if he sees Wonder Woman, he can somehow manifest her lasso. And if he fights Green Lantern, he can somehow manifest a ring. Huh. So uh, Bruce even, or Batman even kind of mentions it at one point where he's like, yeah, it's like a, must be an early version because he, he doesn't have Green Lantern's ring. He doesn't have Wonder Woman's lasso. Um, so you just pretty much got your basic flight and super strength and super resiliency kind of deal. But he also has the same weaknesses as a person because he was designed to be a biped person. So um, Batman points this out and they go for his Achilles heel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They have stripped the robotness so you can actually see the you Achilles can see heel. the robot bones. Yeah. And they go for the Achilles heel. Um, Dick does the awesome battering move where he gets two of them and shoves them into his brain or as close to the brain cavity as you can get with a robot with metal skull stuns him. They go down and this is all just like very seamless. It's like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Batman doesn't move. Dick doesn't move. Batman doesn't move. Nightwing doesn't move back forth. There's heat vision that we learned he has heat vision. So he's definitely seen Superman at one point. Batman throws some plastic plastic explosives on his eyes. Amazo not knowing that's plastic says you know this isn't gonna work i can still like blast through this you blast through this and blast a crater through his head lots of fighting lots of fighting the batmobile shows up with a rocket launcher because it kind does. Of, because batman reasons why didn't he open with that like the batmobile is so well armed yeah just just call it the beginning of a fight just call it in It'll just blow everyone away. It's a blink and you miss it kind of thing. So as they're fighting, they're actually leading him closer to the pier. Uh, 
And when the the Batmobile shows up, he actually blasts Amazo into the water. Batmobiles in comics are closer than they appear. Yeah, <laughs> that Got was him. A stretch. Gonna let it. I'm yeah. gonna let it go. Also, I wonder if the Batmobile will just park near the pier. That's true. And he's just leading him there. And he's also, I think it because we're listening to um, Nightwing's inner monologue at this point. Yeah. And there's a moment where he says, "And there's those times where when Batman is ready to play his final card, and it looks like he has just been stalling this whole time. A lot of stalling when you're Batman and company." That's what they do. That's what they do. Always yeah. stalling. Always stalling. ABS. Always be stalling. <laughs> nice. anti lock breaks. Anyways, Batmobile. Yeah. Sh- uh, shoots a rocket. Yep. Into Gotham Harbor. There's a big explosion. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of assume he's good. And so then they hop into the Batmobile, which is also a bat submarine. It's really just a bat uh, transportation device. They guess I name it Mobiles. Yep. Although that doesn't quite roll off the tongue quite as well. Uh, we go back to the Black Mask, who is just kind of being himself. He gets a phone call, and it looks like... This is kind of funny. On that first panel, in the background, it looks like he has a painting of Groot. Oh, yep. It definitely <laughs> does look a painting of Groot. Groot with a mustache. Groot with a mustache. Dad Groot. Dad Groot. Uh, he gets a phone call from the Red Hood. So he's kind of like, he's taunting him. He's saying like, hey, I got your stuff. And this is something that they leave out of the movie, which I was kind of bummed about because he up until now, you think that the big thing that Black Mask was hiding at the pier was a mesa. And then it's 100 pounds of kryptonite. What's that for? Oh, um, you know, nobody knows. They're pretty stones. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the thing you kind of have to wonder with kryptonite in the DC universe. Is kryptonite more valuable, valuable than like diamonds? Yes. And if so, does it get put into like jewelry original lex luthor died of radiation poisoning because he always wore a kryptonite ring that is unfortunate and it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of like an x-ray i guess where if it's just like a little bit of radiation and you go through it and you're fine but like if you wear it on you all the time you're done there's definitely done. an episode of house where that went down too really yeah <laughs> it's down on a junkyard and found this cool piece of metal that turns out was uh super radiating super irradiating in his son wore it and killed i think did it kill him? i don't know whatever yeah it was good. At, I love House. I love House. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. Except that one. Except episode. that one time it was lupus. It was lupus. <laughs> so he's like, "I got your kryptonite." And uh, Black Mask is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna need that. Need that back." Next up, they talk. Actually, I forgot about this. They talk about the value of things: uh, diamonds, gold, kind of all of that. Um, they're talking about how things get turned into weapons, and it's all like a big conversation about kryptonite and Superman. He who holds the kryptonite holds all the cards. Yeah, because basically if you have kryptonite, you the get, whole super family can't touch you. Well, like 90% of the super family super can't fam? touch you. So Batman and Nightwing have figured out it's kryptonite that they're looking for. And it's not just green kryptonite. You have green, purple, gold, kryptonite, red, the whole deal. And funny enough, Red Hood's holding the red kryptonite. They're striking a deal. Red Hood's just like, I need money. I want $50 million. So at this point, we're going to dive into the, everyone's favorite segment. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to temporarily title it Adapt-A-Piece Theater. Uh, we're going to have the conversation between the Red Hood and the Black Mask going back and forth. Chris, who do you want to be? I feel like Black Mask is more fun. Okay. All right. So what we'll do, we'll read the lines. We'll also uh, take turns narrating what's going on. Because people can't see what's going on. Sometimes, I mean, the cool thing yeah. is this is literally just a phone conversation. Which is very good. Yes. Yeah. All right. So it starts off with the Red Hood saying, um, 
<clears throat> Let me see if I can get into my Mark Wahlberg voice for him. Yeah, this is uh, Mark Wahlberg would be a really good yeah, Red really Hood. Good. All right, so we have to say the line from the trailer to get myself in the mood, which is, hey, guys, I, fi- I found a Transformer. All right. <laughs> I heard you the first time. You keep saying that it's, your, it's yours, but I should, I should remind you that I don't care. I see. I suppose there's just no persuading you to give it back. Your definition of persuasion being what? Well, for one, I don't kill you. For two, I don't kill you. Three, you can have a job. <laughs> Work for me. Oh, then we have a uh, British guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll say, you have to be kidding. Shut up. I don't want to work for you. What do you want? A tremendous amount of money. How much? Fifty fucking million dollars. Fifty? What are you trying to budget a movie? <laughs> Liquid fifty? Is he insane? No. The insane ones would make a suit of the rock and march it to Metropolis and pay the king of the mount play the king of the mountain. This one knows what he's doing. Sick Lex Luthor dig. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't have that kind of cash lying about. Do a wire transfer. That kind of traffic will set up too many red flags. I can do four million cash today. You get a transfer of ten. I'm sure I can get buyers to meet my price. I'm sure there are hippos who can paint houses, but I ain't seen one. Uh, Red Hood looks down at the kryptonite, tosses it back into the batch, and says, Deal. I'll call you in an hour with a location. You aren't seriously considering paying him for... Lee, will you please shut the hell up? I swear to God, it's like trying to run a criminal organization with my mother. That was, that was like a wicked Boston mother. 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 You hear all that? I got freeze. I got freeze. Don't worry about okay, this. Okay, okay. I did. <laughs> he's he's swedish for me by the way (laughs) that's fine i love it good i need you to run an errand i don't run errands for you i know i was being sarcastic i won't make that mistake again i'd really like you to go kill this guy and get me my kryptonite can you swing that oh i can swing that (laughs) lovely what a day i woke up in such a great mood i love it and scene that's good. That's good. I love Swedish. Yeah. Swedish, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. It's so cold than he has. <laughs> so we had that wonderful scene. And I, I do really love that line where he's just like, it's like working with my mother. Because like it really kind of is. Because all Lee does is nag at him the whole time. God damn it, Lee. I love it. Also, Lee's <laughs> like super sexist move. Lee is a, is a lady in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because Clearly, secretaries need to be women, apparently. Well, he's not really a secretary, though. He's basically a secretary. He's a mob boss secretary. Yeah, but they're so much cooler than regular secretaries. Uh, they, I mean, like, they have guns. That's about it. But also, like, she's the only one that he never punches. That is true. That's true. Maybe that's, like, by design by the black mask. So, like, he knows he has to have at least one person around. <laughs> Where's my unpunchable assistant? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we, also, just for the record, that was a really shitty Hugo Weaving impression. <laughs> it ended up just being I'm like just trying to be Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I should have done harder R's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. He does lean on those. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, Anyways. Well. Anyways. So, <laughs> meanwhile, back in the Batmobile, we have uh, Batman and Nightwing um, talking about what the next steps are. Dick is about to say, let's call Oracle, and then Batman's just like, you're an asshole. 
essentially. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we can't do that. Why would you even think that? So they're on the radiation trail. And at this point, we have a nice little reunion between Mr. Freeze, Red Hood, and uh, Batman and Robin. Yep. Yeah. And then they they basically just, oh, well, Red Hood murders everybody except for Mr. Freeze. Well, sure. Whenever there's like extra characters that don't have names, just assume that Red Hood or Black Mask yeah, they're murder gonna, them. They're going to be dead. They're, they're just, they're not going to be. Freeze's got there. his fancy suit and mm-hmm. his hot sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, they take him out. They do. Um, with a with a big surprise because this is the first time we see him do it, but he definitely does this trick again where he just has heavy machine guns or like turret heavy machine guns in boxes. Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? Yeah. It's basically like that time Walter took out an entire room full of guys yeah. with a massive machine gun that pops out of the front of his car. Yep. It's exactly that. Sorry, the, the back of his car. But there's one, two, three, four of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, Mr. Freeze remains unharmed. It turns out that the tech that he killed was right. And this is super uh, resilient and tough armor as it is bulletproof, which is really cool. Nah, it's even bomb proof, too. <laughs> Don't know bombs is. Mm. Um, Mr. Freeze runs away by doing essentially a team rocket. Like he <laughs> he aims his freeze gun down and blasts off, essentially. I'm blasting away. <laughs> Uh, cuts to the epilogue for this issue where we see what well, we see the red hood show up into a fun house and it turns out the Joker has been kept prisoner there. Wait, and is he kept prisoner or is he just chilling there? I, I can't tell. I think that's just where he's been hiding out. You think slash so? homeless, <laughs> but like, so here's why I can't tell, right? Because he's not really shackled. Yeah. But like, he looks super disheveled. Yeah. He looks like he hasn't been taking care of himself. And like whenever we see the Joker, he's pretty well kept. Well, my guess is that whatever happened before this is that his whole organization got shut down. So he just kind of left with nothing. Maybe. Or it's maybe like Red Hood has just surprised them. Yeah. I mean, I guess he can't be clean shaven all the time. I don't know. because I'm, I'm clean shaven. None of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that's like. But anyways, uh, so he... So Red Hood sneaks up, I guess, on the Joker and beats him over three pages. Uh, One. Yeah. Uh, then he takes off his mask to reveal that the Red Hood is, in fact, Jason Todd. So we, what did we say? It was 14 years after. Yep. After that. So are we supposed to know that this is this looks like is this guy actually looked like Jason Todd? Because to me, this just looks like generic white haired. So this is white faced hero, which is. You know, Robin also. Yeah, but like you basically just any black haired white well, dude I, I wearing think that mask is just going to look exactly the same as every other black haired white dude with a mask. This is another callback to yet another Batman. So there's a lot of callbacks. to. <laughs> so we have the Killing Joke callback. We have the Hush callback. Mm. And this one is going to be a callback to a death in the family. Because and actually, I know I have this over here. Greg you leans know, into I his library. So Death in the Family is when Jason Todd dies. Ew. And it's really kind of fucked up, to be honest. Uh, Joker beats him with a crowbar yeah. in it, just like we saw in the movie. Yeah. So the crowbar scene is kind of like filling in the blanks for you mentally. All right. But the other big thing um, 
that they don't really touch upon in the book in here is his own mother sells him out to the Joker. Wait, Jason Todd's Jason Todd mo- finds his mother finally. Oh. And he wants to have a relationship with her. And um, I think she's like a drug addict or something. I haven't read this in a bit either. But like she sells him out to the Joker, essentially. And the Joker blows him up. Wait, I want to see a, a picture of what he actually looks like in this. Because yeah. I want to figure out whether I can actually connect the dots between the two of those. But then you also have to remember, too, that we saw in Hush what we thought at the time was a clay face rendition of Jason Todd. That's true. We did look kind of similar to this. He just had like the white rogue streak going on. Gotcha. Also, Robin um, definitely looks like a grown ass man in this. Like, oh, yeah. Well, he's he's a bit older in there. Right. But is he supposed to be 43? Does he look like he's forty three? This there? dude looks like like this dude has had yeah. a wife, family, and yeah. he's already like fifteen years into his career. That's the thing with like comics from that era, though. Everyone just looks like a grown ass. Everyone man. is super jacked and looks like a grown ass man. Awesome. You're either nine or you're forty two. <laughs> Love it, and that's all you get. Um, but it's it's going to be reminiscent of a death in the family. It's going to be reminiscent a little bit also of the killing joke with just the fact that the red hood is beating up the Joker. Gotcha. Cause that was, as we learned his old, uh, moniker, how like psychologically traumatizing is that if the Joker was the red hood and now basically the red hoods beating up the Joker, which means the Joker thinks that he's getting the shit kicked out of him by himself. Yeah. It's a mind trip. Well, that's one of the big things too, that they mentioned. I think it was the, yeah, it's in the book where it's a couple issues down, but, they say Jason Todd just calls him right out and says, you're acting crazier than you actually are. I think it's just so you can like mentally uh, justify what you do. Hmm. And he he beats him up. He says that. And it's the only time that we really see the Joker not laughing because he just got called out. Cool. So cut to the next book. Yeah. Uh, Red Hood blows up a shipment mm-hmm. because violence. Mm hmm. Uh, and then we go to Black Mask, who is looking a little bit more masky in the eyes than he is. It looks more like a person and less like a skeleton. Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. Slowly he's, he's morphing. He's got pupils and, and iris. Some, yeah. And th- this is this issue is where we first see Batman investigate. So Batman doesn't know that Jason Todd is the Red Hood. This is true. He we has, just found out. We ourselves. just found out. He has no idea. He, I think he has his suspicions at this point. Yeah. So what he's doing is he's going through every connection that he has where someone has helped him get rid of a Lazarus pit or he knows someone who has come back from the dead or they know how to bring people back from the yeah. dead. And he's literally just doing this uh, wild goose chase. So he first talks to Zatanna who helped him seal up the last Lazarus pit. And she's like, yep, yeah, this is not, this is fine. Lazarus. And this is a little bit of a difference. And this has changed since this book. Uh, at this time, the Lazarus pit could not bring people back to from the dead. If you were comatose state or you were brain dead or anything like that, it could heal you. It could also make you younger. But you needed a pulse. Yes, you needed a pulse. Cool. That's kind of where things get weird in the book. But we'll get to that because there's a whole issue. Yeah, we'll do that a little later. So then we have um, more thugs kind of going on. And we have this um, character whose name is Onyx, who was a former bad guy turned good guy. And it's kind of in the same vein as Catwoman. Um, spoiler. There are those bad guys that turn... They redeem themselves, and Batman's like, all right, you're good. The best you thing here stay. is that literally in this comic, the only other crime fighter that Batman will allow in all of Gotham mm-hmm. besides Catwoman. Yep. So they're like, all right, here's the deal. She's, she's basically Catwoman. Yep. Dope. Yep. 
<laughs> she's Catwoman. And she doesn't wear a mask and she's bald. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, uh, oh, my God. Okuye? Like, yeah. Yeah. She's basically yeah. like Okuye. Yeah, she is. Um, we have Batman talking to Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, because he had just come back from the dead at this point. No. And he had been dead for a while, too. And is Batman's just kind of like, do you remember anything? And he's like, no, like, I wouldn't lie to you about this. Like, why are you pressing me about this? And Batman picks up on the subtlety of like, you're always super defensive around me. Why? Like, you're acting like you like, you know, he's like, I know I haven't done anything to you. So that can only mean you've done something to me. And I don't remember you doing anything to me. So what's your problem? Do you know what his problem was? What was his problem? Oh, it's so cool. There's um there's a part in history, and this is again why I love this era of DC Comics, where Doctor Light, who's the Teen Titans' biggest one of their biggest nemesis, besides like Deathstroke, he went too far. He figured out everyone's secret identity, and I think he killed someone, like legitimately killed someone, like Green Arrow. So it wasn't Green Arrow. I can't remember no. who it was. it was. Also, isn't Doctor Light the name of the dude from yes, Mega it Man? Is. Doctor Light is the name from from Mega Man, yeah. All right, cool. Just yeah. checking. All right. Anyways, Mega yes. Man. But but anyway, killed Mega Man. Doctor Light is also a super crazy uh, villain who can manipulate light and like make daggers and laser beams and That's stuff not. like that. Anyways, anyways, killed someone. So he killed someone. I can't remember who it was, but um, the Justice League had a vote, and they were like, "We have to erase his memory. He knows who everyone is. He is the most dangerous villain that we have right now." Batman said, "No, we're not going to do that. Like." Who are we to go through someone's mind and change memories and shit like that? They actually made Dr. Light. Dr. Light was a much more dangerous villain at first, and they made him a bumbling idiot by oh. messing with his brains. Batman was like, nope, this is not good. Like, you guys have stepped too far. So then they went ahead and erased Batman's memories. So this is Batman piecing it together, erasing his memory of them doing that. Uh, so this is him figuring it out. Gotcha. All right. No, this is why I love this era is because everything connects with just a single sentence. <laughs> And then, like, you go, like, what's that? And you, like, go to the internet, you go to your little comic shop, you pick everything up, and you're like, there's so much here. <laughs> uh, then you're lost for months of your life. We go back to Onyx, who is looking at bad guys from the rafters and meets up with the Red Hood, which is actually is probably his favorite place to hang out. This is the second time we see him. He likes the rafters. those rafters. He does. The whole point of this whole little deal is to show that Red Hood isn't a villain necessarily. He's definitely a vigilante, he's an anti hero. He could hurt onyx right now but he chooses not to and instead ask if they want to team up and it's actually onyx kind of hesitates and what's really interesting i think is red hood turns his back on her first showing trust immediately although he could probably kick her ass too because he's the red hood <laughs> uh, we get to a classic kind of batman scene where we have these thugs um, going through an office building taking all the hard drives out of computers and a Batman stops them in that classic Batman way. Turns out he were in Metropolis. Ooh. And he's still on his hunt. He talks to Superman. How did you come back from the dead? And he goes, well, you know, I wasn't really dead. It was a near death like state that just seemed like I was dead. And Batman was like, yeah, I don't think I'm buying that. <laughs> and takes off. Um, it's important to note. This is one of those weird things where. They're trying to make it seem like it's impossible for someone to come back from the dead. But like a lot of people have. And the Jason Todd coming back from the dead is somehow different than everyone else's. Uh, so that's what they're really trying so to do. So basically, it's my, my favorite female um, use of misdirection. <laughs> Classic. Love it. Love her. Misdirection. Misdirection. Uh, she's a doctor. I'll that's true. You know. Sorry, Dr. Dr. Direction. Direction. My bad. My bad. She graduated. <laughs> 
Uh, Onyx and Jason, t- I mean, Onyx and Red Hood take out the bad guys. Onyx doesn't realize that Red Hood likes to murder people. Yep. So he takes out, he does his whole um, minigun in a box trick again, essentially. It's a good trick. It's a good, great trick. It's effective, I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, that's true. And everybody dies. Everyone dies. Just murdered. Except Onyx. Except, that's right. And where she's like, I'm going to stop you. And he just literally puts a dagger through her shoulder yep. and is like, you know what? You're not. You, here's, here are your options. I can rip that out in an upward motions and you could bleed to death. Or I can take it out. And put a bandage on bandage on you, and you just don't follow me. What do you want to do? Because that leads into the next issue. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he takes it out, gives it a bandage, and it's right around that time that good old Bats shows up. I love this part because Jason's just like, "Here's the deal." Uh, he goes, "Join my fight," and he's like, "No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm like, this is lazy. Why would you ever do that? That's stupid." <laughs> Um, and then he says something like he rips out the knife and Onyx is on the ground and he says something like, he's like, come on, this is the part where you try to stop me and beat and I beat the hell out of you. And Batman's just like, no, it's not that part. And he's like covered in rain and he's just looking like a badass at that point. Although one of his ears looks out of place. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's almost a shark's fin. Yeah, it almost is. It's so close to being a shark's so fin. weird. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so then they start their uh, fun chase uh, with lots of fun sound effects, including crack, ack, crack, mm-hmm. crack, ack, 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 crack, coom, coom, scrag. It's a whomp, whole crazy fight going on. Zach, clack, griok. And, and he also does this part where he Batman tries to get him by the ankle and he cuts the line before it gets. Oh, yeah. He doesn't talked. even mess around. At this point, we're caught up to where we were on issue one. Yep. Where Bruce is now demasked. And Jason goes, well, I guess it's time we make this an even fight and takes off his mask. And we see Jason Todd again. They do this in this series, which is like pretty bad writing, where it's like, it's Jason Todd. And it's like this big reveal. And you're like, oh, crap, it's Jason Todd. And then they do it again. And we're mm-hmm. like, we know. Yeah, it's not even. They literally give this one a whole page. <laughs> it's we already knew this. It's like thing. we knew, we knew this information. But I mean, again, maybe we didn't. Again, like black haired white dude in a mask. Yeah, is eighty people in the DC universe. But like I remember when that came out, everyone was like, "That's Jason Todd." And then uh, good old Red Hood is like, "Hey, uh, you don't believe me? Here, I'm going to give you some of my blood." He picks up one of those batarangs, cuts the back of his head really mm-hmm. creepily. He's like, "Here's my blood. Test it." What I want to kind of jump to is in the next issue where Batman starts investigating the um, coffin. Oh, yeah. So he's looking at a coffin. And this is a thing where like, I'm pretty sure that this was getting made up as they went along. 100%. Where he gets the coffin and he's like, this has never been tampered with. I would know. I have sensors on it and blah, blah, blah. And they actually have to pay off the groundskeepers multiple times. Like, I think this is like <laughs> the sixth time they've had to do it. And they're like, all right, whatever. The first time that Batman met Jason Todd was when he was stealing the tires off the Batmobile. And they just kept that. Why not? Which it's is a, hilarious. It's a good move. Because you always think about like Batman always being prepared for everything at any given time. And it just like the way they write it in here, it just so happened to be after a big fight. And they didn't redesign the hubcaps. And it just so happened to be a power surge going on in it. So he got the um, he got the tires off the Batmobile. Uh, Batman liked his moxie, apparently, like the cut of his jib. So he takes him in to train. And he he will later say that the reason he took him in was because he was either going to be 
agree. He's going to be like a super villain if he didn't do that, essentially, which is kind of his view on what he has become now. We see Jason Todd growing up. The One of the reasons I think I really like Robin in general or the idea of Robin, a lot of people hate the idea of Robin because it's like Batman is supposed to be this loner. He doesn't work with anyone. He just does his thing. But Robin is the Robins that he's had thus far up until this point. All have Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Batman just kidnaps these kids, brings yep. them into his mansion. And it's like, you live with them me goody. now. Like, you can't leave the man. You live with me now. <laughs> You're going to do what I say. I'm your father now. You are going to love me. <laughs> love me. Love me. Uh, each different Robin is different. Is a different personality of, of Bruce's. So Dick is kind of like. What he what he could have dick not a dick not a dick he's more of the acrobat of him so he kind of represents his physical prowess. Jason has always represented his rage. He always can control his rage, but like, what if he can't? Things like that. Mm. Tim, who is one, my favorite Robin, represents the detective side. Tim now in the animated series mm-hmm. wasn't Tim the second Robin? In the yes, animated? in the animated series they combine Jason and Tim. Oh, yep. all right, cool. Because so, I remember when that went down. Yeah. That was that was one of my favorite parts. I remember when that happened too. I was like, "There's a new Robin, and he's actually a kid." That was amazing. Yeah, they never in the animated series they never touch upon Jason Todd. They just combined because like Tim is pretty hot headed mm-hmm. in the animated series, so they has that aspect of Jason. Gotcha. So we have um, moving on Jason as a kid. Yeah, right. And how happy go lucky everything was. Um, and then we have Jason as a teenager. And how things are getting darker and he's getting yeah. angrier and he's definitely like being more reckless. And getting crueler. He's getting he's definitely is he broke a dude's collarbone when he didn't have to. And, he, and this is something they don't really show you as much in the movie, but he breaks the dude collar and the dude goes into shock or his collarbone and the dude just goes into shock. Sucks. Sucks. The dude like in the movie just like cries. Yeah. And whimpers. And you really get a view of Jason's psyche because at that point he was saying like. He concedes to Bruce and he's like, you're right. I was a dick. I'm yep. sorry. I wasn't I wasn't dick. I was a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and he said, I, I shouldn't have done that, but he did deserve it. And then Alfred is narrating this. And he was like, that was the first point where Jason started questioning why Bruce doesn't kill people. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing. Um, it turns out that the sensors never went off on the coffin because it looks like there was never a body in the coffin. Is what he says. Do they reckon that later? Kind of, but not really. All right. So they do. They do retcon it because there is a little bit of a of a dip in between issues. They say that the sensors were meant for people breaking in, not, not people, people breaking, breaking out. out. But like, ten point quick, no, no, just kick your off. You break in this, the door. A a door sensor doesn't care which way you're entering. If you're entering or exiting, you're going through. Oh, you got the you got the enter. Yeah. Door sensors, not the yeah, yeah. eggs and door <laughs> sensors. My That's an bad. extra way different. Dollars. The way I've, I've so I thought about that a little bit. They actually say it in the annual special at the end of this all. Mm-hmm. He just had a brand new coffin fashioned oh. from the same exact guy. Oh, they, I do, actually, I do think they he, they he said that, that. but that was like at the end, 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 end. Yeah, which I think came out like much later. Oh, okay. I thought they made something about that. But anyways, yeah, I digress. Yeah. So uh, this next scene and the next issue is actually one of my favorite scenes that unfortunately did not make it to the movie. And like, I understand why, but you have a whole bunch of um, just like drug dealers and drug, you know, low level. Um, what's his name? Jesse from Breaking Bad. 
Jesse Pinkman's kind of just like cooking meth and other miscellaneous drugs of some kind. Yep. And they're like, you know what? We're fine. Like we're going to, we're going to sell this as long as we don't sell to kids. We're okay. And then that one guy's like, well, I've been selling to them kids. He hasn't been. They said that's other guy. Someone's been selling to them kids. Doug or something. And then they're just like, are you kidding me? Doug's been selling to some kids. And immediately they're just like freaking out. They're like, oh, God, we got to we got to get Doug. We got to kill him. We got to make a big spectacle, spectacle of it. Like Red Hood can't know that we sell the kids. And I, I like this because it shows that Red Hood has that like code. Yeah. Like he'll kill people, but they're going to be bad people. <laughs> um, so he's got that like Dexter part of him. And he's like, you deal drugs to whoever you want. Just don't deal drugs to kids. Just don't fuck around with kids. So the next thing is Batman crashing through the window. And I love the reaction. Everyone's like, you're the last thing we're scared of right now. You don't (laughs) kill people. And he goes to a a wall panel and just rips off. It's like a decrepit wall. And he rips off like the wood. And you just see C4 in there. And he's just like, get out. I I just love the scene so much. And you just have like. Jason Todd as that classic man behind the monitor with the uh, the classic supervillain, like, oh, you have six seconds to get out of there. You can't possibly de- defuse this bomb. Yeah, he's like, don't use your freezing trick. I put thermal things on he it. He knows. He knows all the tricks. So the building does end up blowing up. And actually, it doesn't really hurt the, the buildings around it either too much. No, it's a well executed yeah. uh, destruction. You have the classic scene where he is on an adjacent building, <laughs> adjacent. Thank you. If you if you didn't jump on it, I would have. <laughs> uh, with a rocket launcher, waves that at Black Mask. Yeah, he basically he blows up Black Mask's office. Black Mask gets out, but um, it's so good. Yeah, it's a good move. I love that line too. Wow, he really can move if he wants to. Black Mask is like, how did that happen? And he got this like nasty. He kind of looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> You got this guy in like a green blazer with a stupid blue bow bow tie. And he's just like, how did this happen? He goes, well, actually, we were just about to like fix your security system. And he just shoots him in the head. Boom. Boom. Um, Deathstroke shows up and offers him a proposition to take down the Red Hood. So the whole thing, the whole deal is Deathstroke wants him to join this society. I believe is what he calls it. Hmm. And he's like, you know, if you join us, we'll give you top tier villains. We'll give you what you need. And he goes, he he finally he joins and they give him Captain Nazi and Hyena. So they give him D list villains, essentially. And he's pissed. OK, so freaking Captain Nazi, right? Captain Nazi. Didn't they say that they got him to fight? They He was built to fight Captain, Captain Marvel? Marvel. Shazam Captain Marvel. OK, yes. Because when I read this. Yeah. I was confused. And I went, hold on a second. Yep. She ain't even in this universe. Nope. He is in this universe. Yes. He is Shazam. But he is, was pretty much made to fight Shazam Captain Marvel, is what they're referring to. Cool. Hyena, there's supposed to be two of them. There's only one. I like the jab. It's just like, oh, I thought the other one was a chick. And they're just like, I'm not going to check. <laughs> well, there's another one. There's, yeah. Black Mask is pissed because he's like, these are the bums you send me. And they go, oh, don't worry. There's one more. That we got one more. For we you. got one more that shows up. Uh, Red Hood and, and Batman team up to fight these guys. And they show the third musketeer, essentially. And it's Vertigo, who is, who is a high-level villain for the Flash. Gotcha. His whole thing is he gives you Vertigo, essentially. You can't figure out what's up or down. <laughs> I was right. going to so say, you, I was like, that's 
it's it's a pretty apt name for what he does. That's true. He just messes with your perception of kind of what's going he on. Just goes constantly fights Lucille Ostero. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why like Batman can knows his way around it. You blind yourself and you put in earplugs. Yep, and you're fine. Except that you can't see. <laughs> right. Except for, except and you can't, can't see. hear. You can't hear. <laughs> but you're not like crippled on the ground anymore. He uses his classic infrared to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Um, they defeat the villains. And yep. quite brutally, like with Captain Nazi, and they do this, they don't use these characters in the movie. They use um the fierce- just like generic. Well, the, the, are they, they generic? They're, they're called the Fearsome Four now that I'm like really thinking yeah. about it. Um and he does almost the same move to them as he does with Captain Nazi. So he takes a taser out and Captain Nazi has these like mechanical like goggle eyes yeah. things. And he like shoves the taser in there and electrocutes him and blows up his eyes. So he's down for the count. Probably dead uh, in the movie, which is ridiculous. Is he just like blows the dude's head off clear off? Yeah. Well, he be the dude's got a laser. He's got laser yeah. vision and he freaking tasers the laser, laser vision, vision dude and his head explodes. It's ridiculous. I love it. Um, this is kind of where Batman's really realizing that there's no real coming back. Yeah. The next, uh, the beginning of the next one is basically uh, Alfred finally catching on because Jason sends him a uh, a book that is very much a uh, a nod, something that only Jason know. taught that he would know. Yeah. And Alfred's like, holy crap. Yeah. And, What's going on? And keep in mind, too, like, just because you see that someone's come back from the dead doesn't necessarily mean that person came back from the dead. Right. In, like, the DC universe. So, like, you can have clones. You can have robot copies. You can have, like, shapeshifters. Alternate like, universes. Al- alternate universe. Like, all this kind of stuff going on. Then Black Mask meets with a bunch of his... Well, he, he also sends him a gift box. Oh, he does send him a gift box, yes. too. Yeah. Sends him a gift box. Is that important? Does that even come back? Yes, it does, because that has the Joker's hair inside of it. Oh, right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, all right, then Black Mask is meeting with a bunch of his lieutenants, and then he kills all of the lieutenants because Red Hood. He basically <laughs> finally concedes to Red Hood mm-hmm. and kills basically the last remaining members of his organization. Yeah. Um, he lures, or Red Hood lures him into like a bar, like it looks like a dive bar, kind of. Yeah. Um, and they end up fighting, and Black Mask ends up winning, and Batman shows up. And all he could see is Red Hood on the ground with a knife in his chest mm-hmm. and Black Mask kind of like standing over him saying, like, I thought this would be a bigger fight. Turns out, <laughs> next issue, it's not actually Red Hood. Nope. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. Looks kind of like Ron Swanson, but bald. He does look like Ron Swanson. Is it Captain Nazi? Captain Nazi, isn't it? No, he has a mustache. Oh, that's right. He has a mustache. Does Cats? I don't remember. I have yeah. to look back. Not that kind of mustache. So he he ended up having this guy wear a red hood helmet and fight in his head. It's probably like a random thug or something yeah, like that. He's just a dude. And Jason Todd has the Joker now officially held captive with a knife to his throat and saying, he's pretty much just like, hey, come and get us. Joker is loving all of this. He's laughing. He's taunting. Um, he says something along the lines of you're like me now. And that kind of sets Jason off a little bit to the point where he just like kicks him in the gut. And he's just like, I'm nothing like you. I can kill you whenever I want. And this is the part that I was talking about earlier where Jason's like, I have a secret to tell you, Joker. And Joker's like, oh, I love secrets. And he goes, you're not nearly as crazy as you'd like us all to believe or even as crazy as you'd like to as you'd like to believe. It just makes it easier to justify every sick, monstrous thing you've ever done when you play the part of the mad clown. 
you're crazy, Bubba, but you ain't that crazy. And he has this like hideous frown at this point. Less than pleased. And he goes, look at that. I whipped the smile off the Joker. <laughs> and now Jason walks away laughing. Batman tells Black Mask to stay put. And, and then throws a bunch of bombs at him. A bunch of mini proximity bombs around him. And he's like, don't do it. Then he takes off. And this is the part where like you could tell corporate DC is like, all right, you have to have this thing happen in your book. Because <laughs> over in Nightwing's book, we blew up Bloodhaven. And you can see Bloodhaven mm-hmm. from Gotham. So there's no way that this isn't going to correlate. So they show you Chemo, who is a living bomb. The living bomb. And he just blows up Bloodhaven. And immediately, Bruce is It happens like, super fast, too. Yeah. It's, like, it's just like, oh, by the way, I got a bomb. Beep. Okay. Later. Later. It's not Red Hood's bomb, though. It isn't? No, because he's referring to a bomb. So this is this is kind of weird. It's kind of weirdly written. All right. Explain um, it to me, because this was very confusing. Like, has, why would he do that? He's like, I have the Joker. Yeah. And if you run away from this, I will blow up the building with the Joker in it. Okay. So he's holding the detonator for the Joker's bomb. Okay. And immediately Batman's worried about Nightwing. And Jason Todd kind of, this is the, I don't really like him that much for this, but he kind of revels in it. He goes, yeah. oh, look at this. One Robin came back from the dead and the other one gets blown up. All right. I definitely didn't get that. I thought Jason Todd just decided oh, no. to blow up the city. I was very confused. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you went from like. Like he has this whole code of honor and all of a sudden it's just like he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, I'm just going to murder millions <laughs> of people. That's cool. All right. Anyways, yeah. that a little more redeemable. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So then we get the fight um, with or for the Joker's life, mm-hmm. I'll call it. So they're kind of they're brawling a lot. They're exchanging not only blows, but quips, not quips, I guess. I guess they're kind of quippy. That's uh, not the right word. They're exchanging like mental blows. They're having a conversation. Yeah. A physical and emotional, psychological conversation. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And it gets to the point where, and the, this is the line they take directly from the book for the movie too, where Bruce's, Batman's essentially like, you know, I'm sorry. Like I let you down. You died. And J- and Jason Todd's is like, I don't care that I died. I forgive you for that, for not being able to save me. He's like, what I don't understand is why is he still alive? And it, and he opens up a door and the Joker is there. Or he kicks down a door, I should say. And the Joker is sitting there laughing hysterically. Like he, This is like his wet dream right now. <laughs> he gives Bruce an ultimatum. Uh, Jason Todd holds Joker right in between them and says, you're going to have to kill him. If you don't kill him, I'll, I'll kill, kill him. him. Yep. You have to do something. The showdown. The showdown. This is the big difference in in the movie from the book. It's it's the same outcome, but it's a little different. In the book, he throws a batarang and slices Jason's neck almost, like just kind of like raises it. Yeah, goes down, blood everywhere. In Joker, in the movie, what happens in the movie? Oh, he he blows up. He throws a batarang at the at the gun, and it blows up in his hand. Joker is just like this is wonderful. You've found the answer. You've won, and yet, you, yet you've lost. Yeah. This is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It's like, this is smile. And it's not just like a Joker smile. It's like a legitimate smile in every single panel. It's like he's, creepy. He's just like happy to be there and to be included in the family activities. <laughs> the end of this is that the building explodes. Batman can't find Jason. And you have this weird page of just like alternate Batmans. Yeah, that's weird. The final bit is the annual. 
And the annual is where, like, you can almost disregard this because this is completely not in the movie at all. Yeah, I got, this is the one I got super confused at because yeah. I was like, all right, cool. We kind of have a somewhat resolution to the story, whatever. We know who he is. He, uh, clearly, he goes off and does something else. But um, now it's weird. Yeah. So um, I don't even need to read this for this. <laughs> so in... This special, there's a character whose name was Superboy Prime, and Casey and I have definitely talked on the Bad Carity Funky podcast about this a couple times. And he's a character that's so powerful. Um, he's like, you remember like old Superman cartoons and things where he's just uber powerful for no reason. He does things that he can't possibly right. do. That's what this character can do, Superboy Prime. They were like refugees from different realities before the first Crisis on Infinite Earths that were like stored in this pocket dimension. And Superboy Prime has an anger management issue. So if he sees something, and he can see everything that's going on on this earth. So if he, he sees something he doesn't like, he punches the wall. It sends out a ripple through reality because it's such a big punch and things change. Yeah. So they essentially ex- explain retcons that way. Gotcha. If something doesn't quite make sense, it's because of that. So this kind of explains that what happened to Jason Todd was he did die. He did die. But then uh, I thought it was Superman, but apparently it, it wasn't. It's Superboy Prime. Superboy Prime um, does something to mess with reality yep. in this new reality. Jason Todd didn't die. However, straight out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. He wakes up in his grave, yep. in his coffin. Yep. He claws his way out. Yep. All right. Claws his way out. He's kind of going nuts. Doesn't quite know who he is. Ends up at a hospital. Yeah. He's he's still brain dead because he still got beat to death with a crowbar. Right. He still he doesn't really know who he is right. at this point. Um, and there he he starts to get some of his muscle memory back when he starts to get into some fights mm-hmm. um, and he realizes what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's uh, Talia. Yeah. So some random like thug from like when Jason Todd was Robin. Yeah. And I think it's three years he was dead. I think it's what they say. It's three years. I think it was three years that he was dead. But gotcha. then he was with Talia for uh, quite some time, too. Right. Um, and then he was wandering for even more time. But he sees him and he goes, that looks like Robin. So then he calls a guy who calls a guy who calls a guy. <laughs> and they go, we have the dead Robin. And yeah. Tal- you're right. It's Talia that shows up. Yep. And takes him in and like is kind of like, it's almost like a lost puppy. Yeah. And it's literally like she goes to Raish, her father, and he's just like, you can't keep him. She's like, but he's so cute. And look at him. He can fight. He goes, you can't keep him. He's brain dead. Like, what are you going to do? It's like. And like this also shows, I think, Raisha's code of conduct as well, or yeah. like his code of honor, where he's like, here's what we'll do. We're not going get, to get rid of him. We'll put him up somewhere nice. We'll give him the best care possible out of respect for him, out of respect for his mentor. Mm-hmm. But that's it. And Talia is like, and he goes, excuse me, I got to go take a bath. And he jumps in the Lazarus pit because he's yeah. old and he wants to be young again. Um. Talia throws Jason into the Lazarus pit without him knowing. Look, sometimes sometimes it's the best way to learn how to swim. Yep. Yeah, sometimes you walk in. into the the shallow end. Yep. Sometimes some jerk just picks you up and, and chucks you chucks in. you right in the deep end. And says you got two options. <laughs> you learn or uh, you're going to be sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. So. He wakes up. He gets, he gets woken up, but it's all. I think it's just too much too soon. Yeah. And he just like runs off. No, she basically like helps him yeah. like establish. No, well, she she Oh, like, they run off. The two of them the run two off, of them off because run, Raj is pissed. Raz is pissed. Raish is pissed. I always say it's Is it Raz? I say Raz al Ghul. Is I, it Raj al Ghul? It's different. I think Is he a racist? 
Well, they say Raish in the movie. They do. They do? Oh, that movie. In this movie, they say Raish. Gotcha. In the animated series, they jump between them. And I think in Batman Begins, they say Raz. They say Raz Al Ghul. Yeah. It's, it's two different ways to do it. I don't know you what know the proper what? one is. I never do. I'm going to say potato. I'll say potato. Love it. There we go. She she tells... I remember this now. They're on a cliff or something. And she tells Jason, you got to get out of here. But I'll just remember this. You were not avenged. And pushes him off the cliff. And he goes into the water. And he swims to shore where he sees a motorcycle waiting for him with directions to like a, a loft or something. And then he sees all of like the Joker headlines where Joker did this, Joker did that, Joker did this. And like Batman's are getting him back in Arkham Asylum and all this stuff. And that's when he starts developing his plan for revenge. Those panels I didn't understand until yeah. right this minute. Yeah. Okay. That was maybe I do need to look at this again. But that was what happened. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So now the movie. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they got to make cuts. Yeah, you got to make it streamlined. Yep. Um, I was I was a little excited to see how they were going to do Captain Nazi <laughs> because like friggin' Nazis. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. They also didn't do Mister Freeze, mm-hmm. so they just made that the Joker. Yeah. So basically, instead of Jason Todd having Joker captive this whole time, um, Joker has been in Arkham, and then Black Mask breaks him out to go take out Red Hood. Yep. But for the most part, I mean, it was it it was at least beat for beat for yeah. the most part. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's one of the more I think um, faithful adaptations. I think also because it's the same guy who wrote it. Yeah. So I, th- I think like he was after like rereading this because this was how many issues? This is a lot of issues. Fourteen. So Fourteen issues. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that was dictated by DC at the time, saying you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have Superboy Prime. This has to tie into this big thing we're building up to. Yeah. So when you do the movie, it doesn't have to have any of that. It actually shouldn't have any of that Mm -hmm. because that's just going to make more movies. And if they don't want to do that, then they're kind of stuck at that point. Yeah. So they got rid of the whole Superboy Prime thing. They They, changed the mm -hmm. rules of the Lazarus Pit. They did. So in in the comics, the Lazarus Pit can't bring anyone back to life. And this one, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, there they go. Well, we don't know. Let's just try it and see they what tried. happens. So basically, they decided that Raj, Raish, what have you, mm-hmm. uh, was actually behind the whole Joker thing mm-hmm. as using it as a misdirection. Joker went off on his own uh, and killed Jason. Uh, Raj, Ray, Raz, whatever, um, feels bad about that. Mm-hmm. So he makes a dummy dead Jason, yep. and he has Bruce take that back yep. from where would they say they were? Among, where were they? I forget where they're from. They were like in a snowy place. Yeah, snowy place. Yeah. Uh, either it, way. Um, in the comics, it's in Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why Makes he sense. changed that. Uh, so then he takes him back. They drop uh, the dead Jason Todd into the Lazarus pit. Uh, Jason wakes up, freaks out, jumps out the window mm. into said pit and or into like a river. And that's how that's how he comes back. Yeah. Which is much more streamlined. Yes. Uh, but you know, sometimes one of the reasons that they, we talk about like that books and comics is a better adaptation is there's a lot more nuance and a lot yeah. more subtlety that you have into there instead of just let's simplify this. Yeah. That being said, um, cutting to the chase is a, is much easier to do yeah. <laughs> in oh, yeah. a movie as well. So I think it's a good adaptation, a good twist of what that story was. Uh, but I think I like the comic version better as really? far as that's concerned. Even yeah. all like the confusing stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was okay. I wasn't. I was. I was less confused about the fact that he came back. I was more confused of when they did the flashback and all of a sudden there was another Jason Todd that turned into oh, Clayface. Yeah. Yeah. And that was 
Confusing. That, yeah, that that part was confusing. But yeah. him um him coming back because um some cosmic force has now altered reality. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, and then Super Dark Dude had to claw his way out of his own grave again. Yeah. I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. We know that that's creepy. <laughs> that doesn't end well yeah. at all. Yeah, for me, it's kind of tough to say which one I like better because I see like they they keep the major beat for beat moments besides that one thing that I really like. So like Nightwing and Batman always fight Amazo. Yep. Right. They get rid of the kryptonite because they don't want to talk about Superman in there, which I get. Um, there's always the reveal. There's always the line getting cut. There's always like there's these things, the breadcrumb trails at the it always ends with Joker or uh, Jason Todd having Joker in between the yep. Batman and him and the, the final showdown yeah. goes down pretty much. And the even, same way. yeah, like the, the building exploding and then that's yep. it. It's the same exact thing with the exception of the, the living bomb doesn't actually happen. Right. The living bomb doesn't <laughs> happen. Well, that, that's the thing is that whole like blue Haven blowing up because no, like, they only talk about, I would say blue Haven, but it's blood Haven. Um, but it's B L U with the little thing. The umlaut. Yeah. That on top of it. They get rid of Nightwing in this by saying he just hurt his leg. Yep. And then he's just out. Out for the count. But, like, I like them both so much. But I think I think maybe if I'm really thinking about it, the book takes just a little bit of an edge because it has that extra scene that I really like in it. The the It is the nuances of the book. It is, like, the little character details. It's the inner monologue that you miss. Like, there's a whole scene in the movie where um, Nightwing and Batman are fighting side by side. And in the book, he's just like, this is great this is the good old days. This is what I've been missing. But on, and that's the inside of the outside. He's just like, I'm Batman. And in the movie, you don't get that. I you, tolerate your you, existence. You just get, I'm Batman all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they do have, they do let him find out about Jason a lot quicker. Yeah. In the movie, which makes sense, I guess. And they don't have any other characters really show up outside of the Batman. Family. It also starts off with Jason being killed. Yes. But that's actually, that's, I don't think that's too different from the book because technically the death in the family happened way before. That, well, that happens, but not within this contained yeah, story. Right. Sure, within right. this contained story, we don't find out about that until later, where they end up doing the flashback, anyways. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, well, the fa- the flashback was the annual too, I believe. That's true. Yeah, you're right. That all that all didn't happen till till much later. But uh, when you open it with Robin dying, yeah, it kind of. You think a it, giant you, hint that this is important. Well, yeah. And it, that gives away the fact that Red Hood is Robin. But I think the movie assumes you already know that. Well, that's dumb. I, that, that's just me. But like, again, I knew about I, like, I knew who the Red Hood was before watching the movie. I actually really liked the graphic novels before the, like, the, the movie even came out. And when they made it, I was like, this is awesome. And when the movie came out, it was when I was really into Supernatural. And they're like, it's Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles yes. is the voice of Red Hood. And I was just like, fuck yes. Yeah. Uh, what we got? We got Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles is Red, is Hood. Red Hood. The fir- we decided it's the first time Bruce Greenwood was yep, Batman. It was. It was by a couple years because then he reprises his role in Young Justice later. Uh, John DiMaggio as a rare Joker appearance. Yeah. Not that great. Not that great. The first lines were okay. And then he just dissolves. Probably better than Tony Hale from Batman Ninja, which was an atrocity. Definitely. That was. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Throw up a little bit in that one. (laughs) We got uh, Jason Isaacs Isaacs as Raish Raz Agul. We got uh, Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing. Hell yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have to look up who Gary Cole was. He was Commissioner Gordon. For oh, that. the one line. The that one Commissioner line. Gordon he got like top billing too. Like he God was in it. the opening credits. When you were reading all of this, 
what yeah. like voices were you like envisioning for let's just go with the top one so like for batman what were you like envisioning what voice oh uh oh my god kevin conroy yeah that's what literally everyone says i mean like you it's can't, true though yeah it's i mean very true. bruce greenwood is good yeah but come on man like kevin conroy there, there's is, only is if it. you can't get kevin conroy there are only two acceptable people who can voice in my opinion who can voice act yeah. batman and it's bruce greenwood yeah. and jeremy sisto um if you want to cheat I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but the guy who did the voice of Batman in um, Arkham Origins, because he just sounds like a younger Kevin Conroy. Nolan North. No, not Nolan just, North. I just assume he does everything. <laughs> oh, and Troy Baker is actually and a Troy Baker. Good, he's a pretty good Batman. Wait, Troy Baker was a Batman? In the Telltale Adventure game. What? Batman. Yep. Yep, he was. He was pretty good. He also was Joker in <laughs> Arkham <laughs> Origins, actually. Oh. Yeah. I think I have Arkham Origins, yeah. and I haven't played It's pretty it. good. Red Hood. Who are you like hearing uh, or what were you hearing? Like if you can't think of an actor, like describe like the kind of voice. I feel like first of all, Jensen Ackles is a great choice yeah, for it because um, you definitely have like honestly probably like Christian Slater. OK, yeah, is a good kind of that. voice that I have on there. He kind of reminded me of, um, oh, my God, whatever Christian Slater's character was in the Robin Hood movie, which is kind of weird because it's like another hood. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the Kevin Costner Robin Hood was he uh no, he wasn't Little John. That was another dude. I don't remember what his name yeah, was. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, was it William something? I don't know. It's going to bug know. me. I'm going to have to look it up later. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Christian Slater. A yeah. Christian Slater-esque character. Like, um, kind of has that her- like hero voice, but with a bit of an edge. Yes. Like a little bit of darkness well, with like, it. Some of the lines he delivers, too. Like, only a few actors, can act- I think, can actually like pull it off. Like, yeah. he says, like, dirtbag a lot and scumbag. And, like, he uses those kind of, like, adjectives that no one really actually uses. Except for Jensen Ackles <laughs> in Supernatural. <laughs> That's true. Hold on a minute. I'm going to have Will Scarlet. Nailed okay. it. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Nice. Um. Yeah, that's kind of who was going through my head the yeah. whole time. Uh, Black Mask, honestly, uh, I was <laughs> I was getting the Skeletor voice, the yeah, Skeletor I did voice too. the whole time because you can't. It's a dude with a freaking skull on his head. Skeletor's ruined it for everyone. It really, he really has. Yeah, but again, executive Skeletor, Nightwing. Ooh, whoever does his voice in the again the Batman animated series yeah. is like that's my definitive Nightwing. Like, right like there. you have like a your generic just like good guy like actually i think like it's kind of cheating because he was in young justice but like jesse mccartney too has that generic like like nightwing ish voice just take like the basically you want the good guy christian slater like you basically you you, you take the darkness that you have in red hood you just take that out and make it optimism and that's and it's just jared padalecki yeah yeah (laughs) damn yeah, I mean, like, my answers are pretty similar. Batman is always going to be Kevin Conroy, yeah. no matter what. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everyone else. Um, Red Hood, now when I read it, like, I can't remember what I read it as originally, but now when I read it, it's just always Jensen Ackles for me. <laughs> it always is. Black Mask, I actually heard more of a, like, Italian tough guy. All right. Kind of like thing going on, because, like, he's, like, a big kingpin boss guy, but he's also kind of, like, an idiot. So... Like, how many other things have you read with Black Mask in it, though? Not too many. Okay. I was going to say that, th- thinking that you probably have a better idea of, like, what his background no, is. He's, like, I, he's not a character I really care about. He's just kind of, like, honest. goofy. Yeah. And I, I like that about him. Like, I like goofy villains. He's a little kitschy. He is. And especially with Batman just going through the entire Hush ordeal. Like, it's kind of funny that they just don't have, like, any, like, like they have one major player. Hush. Nice. 
Uh, they have like Mr. Freeze as like the most major player that does anything of note. And then the in Joker's Hush? in the back. Well, no. Oh, in, in this in one? This, yeah. yeah. And then the Joker just kind of like does a little like line or, or right. two and that's it. Black Mask basically does nothing but make phone calls. Yeah. Until like the last the last act of this. Yeah. When he actually and it shows like Black Mask is like physical like strength. Yeah. In that fight. Nightwing is the same. It's that like generic just like goody two shoe voice that can like what like anyone that can voice Spider Man I think can voice Nightwing. Yeah. They're very similar. Art style of the comic versus the art style of the movie. Um the comic. Comic, and like part of better? the reason is again back to uh Batman the animated series yeah. like that's what my animated version of Batman looks like and this yeah. was slightly more it was more detailed yeah. but in a way that was not as I, I not quite as pleasing as the the, the Batman the animated series the version. the movie was yeah 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 it was like I can't believe it's not the animated series kind of deal like like the masks were a little yeah. like the domino masks were too large right it like took up half their face. Right. And even like when we watched um the Death of Superman, right? Yep. Like even that art style is a little better because it's it's just a slightly more detailed version of the of them than yeah. you see, saw in like the classic Justice League cartoon. Yep. So I think the animation though is better in this than in Death of Superman. Death oh of definitely. Superman. Yeah. Definitely. They because, had more frames. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Gotta get those frames. So we're gonna we're gonna rate both what we read what we watched so right. i want you to rate the book on a scale of one to ten i'll give it nine out of ten okay the book that was good it was solid it was yeah. great nice um i'm also used to reading like just small chunks of things and you never really get the full story most of the time yeah. so i was very excited to have something that was pretty concise i think i've seen better dc animated ones than that yeah you think so personally yeah i'll give it a I'll, but not much, not much. I'll probably give it an eight, eight out of ten. Okay. Just drop it down a little bit yeah. more. Because probably also Batman Ninja is floating around your head too right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, damn it. Also, not Kevin Conroy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want, that's what I, all I wanted. I think that like, I don't know, Bruce Greenroy does a great job in this though. Like he, he hasn't gotten the hang of it just yet in this. Yeah, that's true. But it's if less you, confident. Yeah. But it's, if you watch like Young Justice, it's just smooth. Because he in this in this one he tries to do a Batman voice the whole time, yeah. In Young Justice he just talks like confidently and lower, and that's just his voice. Also, it's a very diff. It's a very different Batman. The animated series Batman is very. He's basically like flawless. He doesn't. He basically knows what he needs to do, and he does it. You don't get that inner. Turmoil. That's what we remember, though. Like that's because I bet you there. Ep- I wonder if there are episodes. There probably are episodes not. where they do that, but the overarching because when we th- when we're thinking about the Batman animated series, yeah, what pops in my head a lot, which is a lot more fresh than the actual '90s cartoon, is the Justice League, which is just a continuation, yep. off of that. And in that, he, you're right, he is just like has the answer all the time, every time. Mm-hmm. But like, I have to go back and watch the animated series because. I remember him at least being confident on what he needs to do. Yeah. There was what was what was important at the time was the task at hand. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the emotional baggage behind it. That's true. Or this was it's all emotional. It was basically all emotional baggage yeah. that was going on there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So it's a very it's a different Batman than I'm used to. Yeah, that's fair. But that's also kind of the Batman in the book too. I believe. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Which is nice. Because you don't see that a lot. 
Yeah. You, the voice in my head matched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. The voice. Um, yeah. For me, uh, the movie, I think I'll give like an eight and a half out of ten. Maybe a nine. No, eight, eight and a half. You love this. Nine. I love it. I love you it. But it's not, it. it's not without its its flaws for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, let's, we'll stick with a nine. Nine out of ten. Round up. We're rounding up. We're rounding it up to a nine. A solid nine. I like the casting. Um, I like the choices that were made to simplify the story yeah. and make it have it make sense as a self-contained thing. Because what we read isn't really self-contained when you're thinking about it. Because right, it's so drawing much other stuff. parallels from everything mm-hmm. else in that's going on. The book, I'm going to give it the same. I'll give it, nah, I'll give it like an eight and a half. Or I'll give it an eight. We're at round down on that one. Because it's just like too much from editors being like, you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have, you have to have Superboy Prime doing this, you have to have, it has to be a bigger mystery how he came back versus no, there's a thing in Batman lore that could probably do this. And since this has happened, the Lazarus Pit now just brings people back to life. Final thoughts? Anything? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Also, I read this really fast. In fact, my wife was like, you're already done? What the hell's wrong with you? I was like, <laughs> whatever. He was punching a dude in the face for like five pages. What do you want from me? Yeah. Well, we went through the whole thing in this, and it's, it's mostly action. That's true. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. You are so welcome. And you folks at home, too, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And remember, until next time, we'll We'll see you in the funny pages. And that's it. That's all you get for this particular episode. Remember, if you want to continue the fun and continue the party, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Adapt This. There you will find out what's going to be happening for the next episode. Uh, got some polls going on up there. The whole deal. It's really cool. Tell me what your favorite DC adaptation is. Maybe it's something that gets posted sooner rather than later. You never know. You can also feel free to email me directly at adaptthispodcast at gmail.com. As always, Adapt This is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Remember, you can follow this and all of the wonderful Geek Generation Network shows at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you.